Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Oh, are you ready for the word tonight? All right. Well, let's open up our Bibles, if you would. Uh, uh, if you brought your Bible with you, and you know, perhaps you have a phone. We're a phone-friendly church, or or an iPad, or maybe you have one of these old-fashioned Bibles. I doubt if any of you are carrying a scroll, but uh, you know, that's that's uh, sometimes people say, "Gosh, I really wish we would go back to the old way." I really don't. You know, that carrying around those heavy stones that Moses carried around were probably, that's just probably not something I'd want to have to do every week or, or maybe even carrying that scroll and unrolling it. But uh, however you find your Bible convenient for access, then let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Uh, that's the faith chapter, a very familiar chapter. We're going to read one verse there in the 11th chapter to launch our, our uh, topic tonight. And then before we finish, we're going to be going to 1 Corinthians. Uh, it'll be chapter 4, uh, and we'll get there in just a moment. Tonight we're going to be talking about the whole story. The whole story. That will figure in. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll get to see what that means here in just a little bit. But tonight... Before we end, I will give you a challenge that if you will accept that challenge from the Holy Spirit, it will change your life for the better. Okay? And all you will have to do is ask God to help you to remember to make application of a principle that we're going to share tonight. And we're going to begin this in Hebrews the 11th chapter in verse 31. Are you ready? By faith. Rahab the prostitute. Hold on. Let's just stop right there. Okay? Now, what in the world is the writer of Hebrews attempting to communicate here? Okay? You know, the King James, the New King James Version calls her a harlot. I think this is the English uh, Standard Version. The, the prostitute. Rahab, I mean, come on. Can't she get away from this title? Can't she get away from her past? You know, sometimes you cannot get away from what people remember about you or what people think about you or how you used to be. I mean, there are some circles. I mean, Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own people, his neighborhood. In fact, when Jesus went back to his neighborhood, all they could remember was the little kid that was the son of a carpenter. And he had brothers and sisters that they knew and Joseph and all, you know, uh, I mean, you know, we are all known by something. If you were to go with me back to my hometown, uh, you would find out that I am not known as Preacher Ron, you know. Uh, many people, when they see me come and hide their stuff, you know, because of what, what it was like. And I would not dare want to walk through the streets with Pastor Robert Barraza. Uh, I would just would not want to, I don't even want to walk through your streets without you, but with you would be more dangerous, I have a feeling. And <laughs> so at any rate, uh, here we see right in the middle of this faith chapter, right in the middle of God uh, giving us all this wonderful information about the victories and about you know the dead being raised and all of these wonderful things here, we see again that we're reminded that Rahab was a prostitute. She was a harlot. 
By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. You know, Rahab, known as the prostitute, she was a prostitute, somehow or another, she got redeemed and she became one of our um, people of faith in the Bible. There is a well-known line that is quoted during the swearing-in of witnesses when they take the stand in a court proceeding. Most of you know that. You, I mean, you know it by heart. You know, if I'm, uh, once I start to quote it, some of you will want to, will want to raise your hand. You know, I, I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Yeah, all the, you know, I, I saw people mouthing, and out there, you know, uh, uh, watching church online, you were probably saying it with me, you know, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the so help me God. Uh, you know, but in reality, you know, if the whole truth was really told in any proceedings, uh, most any reasonably conscious 14-year-old could make the judgment and it would probably be right. But sometimes we don't hear the whole truth. Sometimes we hear a part of the truth. Sometimes even when we would like to, help, uh, to tell the whole truth, no one will listen. <laughs> sometimes we're cut off. You know, uh, and, and, and sometimes you know, only one person gets to share their truth. It's difficult to get people to listen to the whole truth. And at times... You know, the whole truth is just simply not yet known. We'll talk about that a little more in a moment and you'll understand it a little better. You see, when we read stories from the Bible, we often judge the main character of a Bible story uh, based upon what they did after they were introduced to us. Because many times Bible characters and Bible stories introduce people who are having a problem. People who are not quite all that they, you imagine them to be, you know, not all they need to be. And we are often introduced to someone uh, whenever they may be at their lowest or they may be at their worst or there may be uh, some, some bad light shining on them. And, uh, but we remember them after we read the story, after we read the Bible story, we normally remember them for what they did after they changed. We don't necessarily remember them for what they did before they changed. That's why Rahab finds herself in this you know, a, a chapter of faith. It's because of what she did. We, we recognize her, basically, and we applaud her for all the things she did after she was a prostitute. <laughs> right? I mean, we don't go, prostitute! No, we, you know. But we do go, Rahab! But Rahab was a prostitute! <laughs> you know, the whole story seems... When we read the whole story about Rahab, it seems to change how we feel about her because we know the whole story. Uh, somehow we have grace to cover the mistakes that people make and the sins that they commit. Somehow there's a grace to cover people once we know the whole story, once we see the end of the story. 
uh, once we, you know, I mean, some of the people that you will meet this year, you will only know them after their last worst mistake. And you won't judge them for their divorce. You won't even have known them. But the people who were with them when they got a divorce really don't like them at all. They tell a different story about them. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all realize that there are people sitting all, ar all around you that you only know them after their last worst mistake. <laughs> yeah. And there are people that probably you have trouble liking that you walked with them, uh, you know, in their bad days and you kind of got away from them and you don't even know if they changed or not. So you have a certain opinion of them. But maybe you don't know the whole truth. Maybe the whole truth has not even happened yet. You see, because when people change, they change while they are still in the middle of their old situation. When people decide that they're going to change, they normally decide from a position that they'd rather not be in. <laughs> that they don't need to be in, but that, that maybe they don't look good in or it doesn't look good about them. And so the whole story seems to change the way we feel about people. Um, but if we were to get stuck only in the introduction, we might not like them. We might not ever give them a chance to change. Uh, and indeed, you know, it appears from all the Bible accounts that there are some people that needed to change and did not. Uh, and that ended up being their whole story. That ended up being Judas' whole story. The end of Judas's life uh, kind of tells the, the whole story, and it's kind of not, not a flattering story. So we see those accounts in the Bible, but by and large, the people that God shares, especially like in this faith chapter, are people who encounter difficulties and hardships and may have made mistakes and sin and, and, and yet something happened so that they went forward from there. Even though some people may have never allowed them to be different. You know, um, This was a problem with the first century church whenever they were dealing with the Apostle Paul. They had a hard time believing that the Apostle Paul was telling the truth. You know, I mean, he said he had changed, and other people said he had changed, but some people were still afraid of him because they knew what he was like, and they knew him when he was persecuting the church and, and putting Christians in prison and, and testifying against them and trying to find out who was a believer so that he could you know, uh, you know, see them eventually even executed. It was hard for the first church to embrace Saul of Tarsus. Uh, and yet, reading the whole story, we don't hold him to account for being a persecutor of the church. We don't charge him for testifying against all those people who were executed because they would not recant their faith in Jesus Christ. We never charge him for that. We don't charge Rahab for being a prostitute. I'm certain that some of the believers in the church in Colossae had a problem with Onesimus. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote to Philemon 
Onesimus was his servant, and he says to Philemon, forgive him. I'm certain Philemon did. But I imagine there were some other people in the church that only knew him as Onesimus as a liar and a cheat and a thief and, a, and you know, somebody that took off and did something bad. And it was hard for them to get over that. But you know, they weren't giving an account for the whole story. You know, the whole truth. God admonishes us not to get stuck in the middle of somebody else's testimony. Don't get stuck in the middle of someone's testimony. In fact, you don't want to get stuck in the middle of your own testimony. You see, because every one of us is in the middle of a making. God is working on every one of us. And there were things in our past and perhaps even things in our present that we may not be proud of or that we may not want to bear, wear as a, as, as a badge of honor. There may be things even in our future, but the whole story be told, we, we are being made into the image of Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. We are forgiven. We are you know, more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. You know, I mean, we can go on and on and on. The whole story needs to be told. Jesus did not want Peter's denial or Thomas's doubt to be the end of their testimony. It's what Ruth did after she lost her husband that is worth telling about. We don't necessarily remember her as, as the widow Moabitess. You know, it's what Bathsheba did after she had committed adultery and after she had conspired to murder her husband. It's what she did after that that we remember Bathsheba for. I mean, gosh, there's reason to imagine that she is a virtuous woman of Proverbs 31. She certainly is one of Jesus' grandmothers. We, we don't remember what Mary Magdalene did, out of whom Jesus cast seven devils. But we do remember that she was the first evangelist that was called by him after his resurrection. Uh, it's what Rahab did after she was a harlot in Jericho that places her on the list of women of great faith in the Bible. We remember the characters of the Bible for what they did after they turned their lives over to God. And many times turning it over to God again and again and again. What we may not always appreciate, however is the fact that some people really had legitimate reason not to like. And some people have legitimate reason not even to like the people that you may like. But they may not know the whole story. And some people may even have what they imagine as legitimate reasons to not like you. To not trust you. And you may even have some legitimate reasons why you criticize and judge your own self. Why you hold yourself still guilty. Why you wrestle with feelings of, of guilt. and you know, That's not what God wants. 
we must realize that our story, your story, other people's story, it's still being written. It's still being lived. And we can do something even today, every day. There's always something we can do to please God. Are you willing to hear the whole story before you start judging others? I think that would be something that God would be pleased with if you would just wait to hear the whole story. <laughs> and remember, the whole truth may not have been told or even lived yet. I have decided that I'm going to wait until I hear the whole story and for all of you I'm looking at the whole story you have not even lived it yet and I'm going to do my best to give everyone that very same advantage because we do not know whenever we are talking to someone that God has chosen who may currently be a Rahab, who may currently be a Bathsheba, who may currently you know, uh, be you know, a Peter in his denial, a Thomas in his doubt, an Apostle Paul in his persecution. We don't know. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4. Writing to the church in Corinth, and the church in Corinth was a very judgmental church. Okay, uh, For those of you who went with me to, to Greece this past year as we stood in Corinth and realized that it was a place where you know, um, uh, there was such uh, criticism and judgmentalism and there was you know, uh, temple harlots everywhere and there were money changers. and There were a lot of people who had a lot of reason to change, but they were having to live their change in front of people and live their change uh, uh, you know, uh, alongside people who were trying their best to change as well. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 3 we begin. He says, but with me, he's writing to these believers in Corinth who were really being pressed to be carnal. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. It's a very small thing, the opinion that you might have of me. It weighs very little, he said. It weighs very little, in fact, as to what the court and the court's opinion, because they had seen him standing in that court at the beam of there in, in Corinth being judged. It's a very small thing that there may be a judgment, an earthly judgment, a human judgment against me, because I want you to know that I do not even judge myself. I love what he says next. For I am not aware of anything against myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you that because I know some things I've done, you know, that are wrong. I, 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 I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. You know, just because I don't know anything against me, just because I like myself does not mean that I'm acquitted. Does not mean that I don't have a problem, okay? For it's the Lord who judges me. 
Uh, you know, just, just because I'm not conscious of anything that I have against myself, that doesn't prove my righteousness either. It's what God thinks of me that is the most important. Not what man thinks of me, not what court thinks of me, nor what even I think of myself. It is what God thinks of me that matters. Therefore, he said, verse 5, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. You know, if, if you're really going to get a medal for being good, it's going to be God that gives it to you. But don't pronounce judgment before the Lord comes. Why? Because it's not time. And even then, there will only be one judge. And it won't be us. Well, I encourage you with this principle tonight as I close. That you would let God finish telling the story of someone's life before you decide to judge them for something they have done. Let God finish telling the story of someone's life before you decide to judge them, even if that someone is you. Let God finish telling the story of your life before you start judging yourself. It's not time yet. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.